Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. DIY Money. Sultry. Sultry. Because it's raining and gross outside. You know, yesterday... Spring. We're in central Kentucky where the weather can oscillate between 25 degrees and 70 in the same day, which is very frustrating to me. Um, And as I get older, I get even more ornery about it. Oh, it's just brutal. But anyways, yesterday I thought we broke through. I mean, it was sunny. There was some warmth, especially as the day went on. It was glorious. There's always tomorrow. And then today we have rain. It's miserable. It's greening up the grass. So tomorrow, after we shoot this, this is the 21st of April. It is. And many people, everyone listening to this podcast, um, no one listening to this podcast, I suspect, has any idea that uh, yours truly has dabbled in the horse industry. Yeah. And I hope it'd be cool if we have anybody who listens that's in the business. If you're in the horse industry business, the thoroughbred business, um, not that any other business wouldn't be great, but I'd love to know. About what are the other horse? Oh, there's saddlebreds. There's, you know, standard breads. So a furlong left to go in our Shetland pony race. There's and all sorts so of different um, models. French breads. Wow. Anyways, uh, I have always had a dream of being in the horse business. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons I came to Kentucky from upstate New York. I was a horse fanatic. I was a basketball fan. There is no other place in the world. Um, that you could have world-class basketball, world-class horse racing. I mean, it's just amazing. Anyways, as you know, Daniel, years ago, uh, a client of ours has become since a wonderful friend and mentor, got me involved with him in, in the horse industry. And our intention has never been to race horses because that's where it becomes very expensive and very risky. Uh, so our industry the the segment that we occupy is we have a mare and the mare uh breeds with select stallions and then we uh, sell those uh horses those uh foals to various stables and trainers and so forth to race and and so forth so it's a great business it's been actually a really good business but during covid like many things uh there were no horses selling so we kept the horse that we were to sell that year, mm-hmm. put her in training, which was a, you know, a gasp, right? Um, and she runs this Friday, which is tomorrow, at Keeneland in the second race. I am so jazzed because this is like, I mean, a dream come true. How does the competition look? Have you scouted? Stiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going against one of the best trainers in the world right now. Um, he at least has one. He may actually have two. It's a $100,000 maiden race, meaning none of these horses have won. They've not okay. broken their maiden. Uh, our horses run twice, improved each time. This will be fascinating. Um, hmm. Coming out of the 11th slot, though, that's a tough one. So all the way to the end. On the turf, it's going to be exciting. Huh. Is there 11 horses? Or? 12. Okay. 11 out of 12. So pretty yeah. close to the... Oof. 
And yeah, the outside coming on the outside, and the reason that's tough is that in the beginning they have to shoot, you know, mm-hmm. right? Try to get towards the middle. Now our horse, lots of clean air though, lots of clean air know. if they can get there. Uh, our horse likes to, you know, is a leader, not a not a not like a follower. You. You've trained leader. well, yeah. So, anyways, I'm excited about that. I'll keep everybody posted. What else is going on? That's it. That's, That's all pretty I got for much it. Talk. Yeah. All right, let's go right to JJ and her question. JJ, what do you got? DIY! Hey, yo, DIY money dudes. This is JJ from Ohio. I'd like to know what advice you have about dealing with finances during high inflation periods and maybe how to adjust spending to not cut into savings and retirement funds. I've noticed my spending has changed each month as the prices of things keeps increasing, so I'm already looking for a second job to keep me from dipping into my retirement accounts while also maintaining my other financial goals. I currently make about 70 to 80k and have six figures in federal student loans, which I'd ambitiously like to pay off in five to seven years. I don't have any other debt and I'm working on getting my emergency fund started. Though I'm guessing it will take me maybe a year to get to the three to six months living expenses covered. I'm also working to max out my Roth IRA this year. I have a lot of competing financial goals, but with inflation, I'm finding my paychecks feel a lot more stretched. Looking forward to the advice, and I really enjoy listening to your show. Thanks. The do the binds. Okay, I love this question. Because finally someone brought back around uh, what's been happening out there and what we talked about for a long time. Now, this isn't a show that says, oh, look at us. We talked about coming inflation. Um, Not that at all. However, the importance of what we discussed when we discussed it and when we wrote about it and so forth is not just in discussing what could be coming down the pike – But we actually discussed the importance of paying off debt. Now, I know, JJ, you're like, yeah, that's great, but this is my situation now. I'll get to that, I promise. But it it is important to rehash because we took a lot of heat. A lot of people would email and call in. I mean, think about it. You get 10,000 listeners to every episode. Obviously, not everybody agrees with us. And I'm not – they might still not agree. But at the time, it was very – uh, enticing to go finance all of this nonsense, your your car, your house, your this, your that. And the reason was is the interest rates are so low. The difficulty is, and the case we made is, when people are living on a tight budget and they have a significant amount of fixed expenses, fixed meaning primarily debt, right? Uh, could be a lease that maybe doesn't have an interest rate, but other fixed payments are, are more often than not a mortgage, a student loan, a credit card, a auto loan, etc. So if you have fixed payments, then those are there. You, you have very little wiggle room. And if your budget is tight with the variable expenses as is, the question we asked is, well, what happens when those variable expenses go up? And the, the reality is, as we're seeing now, and you're feeling this, JJ, many people that are consumers today 
clearly we're not consumers in the late 70s the last time we had significant inflation like this. In fact, we've all benefited from deflation. Classic example, oh, a piece of electronic comes out. Well, I'm not going to pay for that now. In a year, it's going to be cheaper. That's deflation. And that's basically been across the board. Now it's totally different. Now I realize I hate when people tell you what could have been or what should have done or blah, blah, blah. Situation you're in now, it is what it is. But I want to commend you on a couple things. First of all, you alluded to having a budget, knowing where your money's going, etc. You have to be organized in this environment. There is no room for not knowing where every penny goes so that you can see and feel the difference in these expenses going up. I know I personally have buckled down in just evaluating everything from utilities to insurance to taxes. I mean, anything that comes out of my pocket um, on a on a variable basis, I have been evaluating very, very closely. Now, you uh, took the, the first step. I think I heard this in there where you're saying, I'm already looking for a second job. I think that's what I heard. So when you have already cut unnecessary expenses uh, to try and increase margin, uh, and you've cut to the extent where you can't cut anymore, the only way to increase margin is to create, right? So to create income, which is, sounds like exactly what you're doing. Only additional thing I would say is uh, maybe get creative with competitive uh, bids out there. So perfect example, uh, my mother just recently, uh, we were talking and she told me what she was paying in her homeowners and auto insurance, et cetera. And I said, holy cow, that sounds high. Um, you need to go get a quote. She got a quote uh, from a competitor and she cut those expenses in half. She was just thrilled to death. So, uh, you know, things like that you could look at. But the reality is, You're going to have to create more margin, especially if expenses are rising and you want to hit these goals. I guess the only other thing I would say is it sounds like you're trying to kind of tackle debt and save uh, in the Roth and, you know, all of the rest of these with $100,000 or more. You said six figures with $100,000 or more of student loan debt. And it sounds like you're young only I'm guessing, but that. I don't know why I said that. Whatever. It just sounds like you're young. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're 60. But whatever. Um, I would personally probably put that on hold, the the, the retirement savings, um, unless you're in a matching situation at work uh, where you've you know got that going. And I probably would would you know get just crazy trying to pay any and all uh, debt off that you could. Um, you know, and again, I, I depend. That's maybe a little bit. Maybe I'm going out of my lane here because age and goals and yada yada. Daniel will speak to that, but I, I think you're. It sounds like maybe you're trying to conquer a little too much, uh, maybe spreading yourself a little thin. And if it's up to me, I'm all about paying off the debt. Totally. So what JJ's pretty much talking about is the cycle that leads to effectively kind of the boom and bust eventually. With when you have inflation that goes on for a period of time and then people begin to gradually cut back more and more and more uh then eventually eventually uh doesn't mean it has to happen in this particular circumstance or that it will uh but eventually what you could see is then uh consumption declines which then you have a decline in growth and then you go through sort of a pullback to reset things and so in the early stages of that i think and you hit on this really well the the main thing that you can really do is look for increased income, whether it is from yeah your current job or switching jobs, et cetera. 
because it, especially in the very beginning stages of an inflationary environment or a, you know even a, a very quick moving inflationary environment uh, wages are typically going to go up to compensate for some of that inflation it's really only in the mid to late stages uh, where employers will start to kind of pull back on on that um, as that sort of demand lowers so yeah I think getting aggressive and, and looking for what the opportunities are are out there um, obviously prices for everything else are going up so so looking for a potential to increase wages is, is probably the best option the I mean the other option uh, you hit on well is just scrutinizing everything but you can only cut so much so deep I mean obviously there's probably lots of non-essentials in a lot of our lives but at some point you can only cut to a bare minimum amount so I find myself maybe it's just psychological but I find myself absolutely making sure it's driving my wife nuts but you know that we're watching every penny um, because it it just feels like you could really get nickel and dimed uh, mm-hmm. because obviously there's prices going up but then I get the impression and this isn't this isn't any uh, statement with any agenda whatsoever, but I I have the impression that there's some other things that are going up because they can, uh, yeah. Because across the board, it's like, oh well, all these prices are going up, so we're raising our prices too. So I mean, anywhere I can save money, I, I am. Um, I go out of my way. Uh, I I shouldn't say I go out of my way because that doesn't make sense, but I plan accordingly to fill up at Sam's Club. You know, whereas I might do that if I'm in the area a few months ago or even you know whatever last year I might do that. It wasn't a big difference. Now it's, you know, 50 cents difference or whatever it is, 40 cents difference. So I certainly plan accordingly to fill up at Sam's when I find the manager special meat uh you know that's that's 60 percent off i i grab it and i throw it in the freezer i did that the other day i came home with you know i don't know 10 pounds of beef that would have been marked down to 99 cents a pound it was like grass-fed i mean my wife is beside herself that we found it she was happy mm-hmm. but now i got 10 pounds of beef sitting in the freezer nice you know whatever things along those lines um i think just are critical because it, it it's so important to to watch the dollars and understand again where the money is going and it's going to impact everything i mean again we are still in this world we're seeing it with with travel and airline numbers that are coming out and it's very positive but make mm-hmm. no mistake this is going to impact spending habits and and how you decide to spend money ultimately the economy and then ultimately all the things that everybody's been waiting to buy are going to come down in price so you've been waiting to buy a house odds are that's going to happen you know hopefully in the near uh future um we want to upgrade a car uh we have not done it for the last year it's nice to see prices come down again but uh you got to be in a position to take advantage of that yeah what you're basically talking about is what we talked about when we did a episode on housing a couple episodes ago wherein you sort of see the ripple effects first impact the higher end of a market uh the same can be said for whether that's you know brand names in the grocery store uh luxury items stuff like that when those things start to either come down in prices or be less in demand, that's a pretty good indication that this kind of inflationary cycle is is starting to really be felt across the board as more and people sort of shift to those cheaper options that are not so much cheaper anymore. But yeah, I think it's interesting lately, over the past probably six weeks, I think, you know, all of these uh, random brands that I've bought something from in the last couple of years that still have me on their email list, nearly all of them have been starting to email and say, hey, just a heads up, our prices are increasing. So if you want to buy now and, and get the lower prices by now, which I, I think is actually 
odd because if they really want to make great money, don't tell me the price is increasing. Just increase the price, and then when I go back, I'll pay the more price. But I think it's interesting how many of them are clamoring for the, um, you know, come check us out and buy now, um, not just the flat-out price increase. So I, I think there's a, a mix there of, of kind of what's going on, both uh, drumming up demand but also increasing prices. All right, JJ. Well, good luck. It is a difficult environment for sure. I give you a lot of credit uh, for all that you're doing, uh, tracking and pursuing your goals and getting a second job, just keep after it. And uh, pretty soon the environment will improve uh, and you will be far, far ahead. So congrats on that. We'll also send you a $25 Amazon gift card. So boom, there you go. Boom, baby. Uh, remember, friends, uh, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.